Good day to you, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Film Focus, episode 32, Godzilla 2014 vs. Kong Skull Island. Hey to you ladies and gentlemen of the North, South, East and West and welcome to another episode of Film Focus, a podcast dedicated to talking about different topics of film in each episode and of course film reviews. Now for those of you who have been listening for a while now you will notice that I've done a fair amount of reviews over the last few months and in my defense there have been a good few films released in the cinema since February. I've been almost inundated with like these films and that's not so much a bad thing for me because I love having a reason to go to the cinema and then having a reason to talk about films with not only just my own friends but also with you guys as well and if you're listening and decide to go about and like holler back at me it's just all the more satisfying so yeah film reviews have just been like running rampant all over the place and the next one I have to do will probably be Alien Covenant when I get around to seeing that I hopefully will see it within the opening weekend, if not then it probably might be a week later, but we'll see what happens. Anyway, today's episode is not focusing on reviews, but on one of the film topics that I've wanted to talk about for a little while now. It's almost two months late, so it's not as relevant as it would have been if it had come out in March like I had originally planned, but like I said before, there was a lot of films coming out in March that it was just not exactly easy for me to get around to it. So as you heard in the beginning of this uh, episode, I'm basically going to be talking about the 2014 incarnation of Godzilla and the most recent incarnation of King Kong in Kong Skull Island. Now, here we have two of the most beloved monster movie characters. One's a giant ape and the other one's a really giant fire-breathing dinosaur. One's from the west and one's from the east, and depending on what side of the fence you fall on, you either are a big fan of, like, you know, the ape or a big fan of dinosaur. I know in the west, everybody loves King Kong and just, like, you know, always wants him to win in any of these sort of potential showdowns. Even going back to, you know, the original King Kong vs. Godzilla from 1962, I believe. But I've always been in the camp of Godzilla because, you know, it's obvious. He is a much cooler creature, he has a way better name, he's a heck of a lot bigger than Kong, he runs around, he's a force of nature, nothing can can touch him. He runs around and destroys buildings and everything. The military can't stop him and it normally takes another set of monsters, and again I say monsters plural, to take him down. Um, Oh yeah, the whole other thing that I love about Godzilla is the bloody atomic breath. One of the coolest things I've ever seen from any monster in the history of existence. But regardless of what film it is, one thing can be sure. The thing is destructive as hell and it wreaks havoc when it's used. So yeah, Godzilla, he's always been my favourite. I love Kong, especially in the Peter Jackson version, just because... He was a little bit more realistic and a little bit more aggressive in some of the stuff they were able to do, not only with the character in the film, but also because of the CGI and motion capture that they used in that film. That's the main reason I liked Kong in the first place. Not so much because I've seen the original, which I have yet to do. Yeah, I know, I know, throw some hate at me if you need to, but 
I don't know. The original King Kong came out at a time where I'm just like not so interested in these sort of earlier phases of stop motion animation. I sort of preferred it once it was perfected in films like Jason and the Argonauts and you know Clash of the Titans from the 80s. But anyway, I digress. Basically, the whole concept of Kong going up against Godzilla, obviously it's been done, but with the increase of monster films that have happened over the last few years, Everyone was assuming at some point, especially once Godzilla got announced to have another reboot, that a Kong vs. Godzilla fight would have to happen. And sure enough, the project was spoken about, I think, just after Godzilla came out in 2015 and then, you know, greenlit to actually have an official release date of 2020 in 2016, I think. So after Kong Skull Island was released in mid-March, there started to be this debate online about which film was better, Kong Skull Island or the 2014 version of Godzilla. Some people said that they prefer Kong Skull Island just because it fit into the, you know, the more classic monster movie style of, you know, action and story and all that kind of stuff, while some people prefer the more atmospheric and darker approach that Godzilla had. But I thought you know what, this would make an interesting, you know, discussion for the podcast. Kong Skull Island versus Godzilla, which one was better? So, in this episode, I am basically going to go about and give you my opinion on that. And as I said, it's my opinion, so if it doesn't gel with yours, don't come at my door with your pitchforks and fire and stuff like that, because I'm not going to open the door for you. You can just go away. Basically, I'm going to go about and talk about the pros and cons of each film, talk about what the filmmakers and director was trying to do with each project and overall just try to give you my opinion on like which film I thought was better and yeah look just see where that goes so let's start with the 2014 version of Godzilla now upon its release I feel like for the most part what I saw online was a fairly good word of mouth for Godzilla from you know most people and most critics as well most people appreciate the sense of atmosphere dread the attempt at creating a more serious story the inclusion of Brian Cranston and obviously Godzilla the sense of scale and the use of CGI which was great however the film was not universally loved and there were a lot of like you know issues that some people took with the film primarily in its story use of characters and the lack of monster fights and Godzilla overall and Brian Cranston because here's the thing the marketing campaign for Godzilla back in 2014 you know leading up to the film's release was fantastic you had all these beautiful shots of the Mutos which some people you know kind of mistaked for you know some of these Maybe different takes on classic monsters like Rodan, uh, especially because one of them could fly. And obviously you had the monologues and certain scenes from Brian Cranston, who was obviously riding that high from Breaking Bad, and everybody loves a bit of Brian Cranston, so everybody was hyped for that. You also had Elizabeth Olsen and Aaron Taylor-Johnson, who was going to be Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver in the upcoming Avengers film, which is coming out the year after that. And obviously this was a reboot 
of the Godzilla franchise in the West after the terrible 1998 version from Roland Emmerich. It was an insult to fans of the classic character, and I'm not going to lie, I used to watch that film a lot, and it was probably my introduction to Godzilla, but everyone hated that, so everyone was looking for a more accurate portrayal of the classic monster character, and the trailers made it look like we were going to get something amazing, and things didn't turn out the way in which some fans expected. It wasn't entirely negative, that response, but there were definitely some people hating. But yeah, especially after King Kong, you know, the latest edition of that came out, there happened to be this debate online about which one was better. And there were a lot of people starting to, you know, slag off Godzilla like it was the worst film ever. And I disagree entirely because I feel like at the time, Godzilla was trying to do something that not many, you know, recent monster movies had attempted to do, and that was, you know, sort of capitalize on the feeling and style of the former monster movies that weren't so heavy on action, but more heavy on setup, tension, suspense, mystery, and, you know, trying to build, you know, a good story with human characters that felt like they were interconnected to the overall story and made you want to see not only the humans, but the monsters as well. For me, the pros of Godzilla are the following. Firstly, I feel like Godzilla was a more serious kind of film that tried to acknowledge not only the action elements of the kaiju films of the past, but also tried to create a noble story with humans and the drama that was found in the original 1954 film, which was very different in tone from the films that came later, obviously with the... Uh, more heavy emphasis on the monster fights and some of the over-the-top slash campy slash humorous elements that came in you know some of the later decades for me i really appreciated the serious and dramatic tone and i thought the film just had this really wonderful sense of atmosphere from the time it started when you get the use of some of the archive footage from the atomic explosions and the use of music from Alexandre Desplat, at least I think that's how you say his name, he did a really wonderful job with the soundtrack and I just feel like this film had a sense of dread and atmosphere where you felt the tension and fear in the air when some of these monsters were around or when these characters were talking about like you know was it some of these uh, unexplained monster attacks or you know talking about Godzilla where Godzilla was on screen his presence was felt, you felt like you were in the presence of, you know, this force of nature that just happened to be a very big, awesome, lizard, dinosaur thing, and is, ah, uh, honestly, I had fears for Godzilla, because I thought, okay, this is the second attempt at a reboot for the character, and this is done by Western filmmakers, and while I did like what Gareth Edward did with Monsters, obviously, it's a very different sense of scale, from going from, you know, a sort of smaller indie film to a bigger film like this, but I was so glad when I saw that film in IMAX because it delivered so much of what I wanted and stuff I didn't even know I wanted. I like that the filmmakers attempted to tell a more serious tale and actually attempted to, you know, hide the monsters and build the suspense and build up the mystery and tension. So when these guys eventually did show up and clash at the end of the film, it was just all out chaos. But what they did really well was, you know, the setup for Godzilla and the Mutos give some interesting, you know, backstory as to why some of these things are happening, 
create this really interesting world and mythology for you know some of these characters and us as the audience to like you know get lost in now i'm not gonna lie i was gutted that there wasn't that much Brian Cranston as much as I would have hoped but his contribution to the first part of the film really engaged me it got me hooked so did the Mutos and then with the introduction of Godzilla his introduction is one of the sexiest coolest things I've ever seen first that foot comes down as a pan up and he roars and it looks so badass it's that night well lit oh fantastic and again the final battle against Godzilla and the Mutos is great and uh, the sequence that I will remember, well, two sequences actually. The first sequence is when you see Godzilla, you know, the spines on his tail start to glow, riding up to his head, and he busts out that atomic breath for the first time. Good gravy. So cool. I knew it was going to show up, but I was just waiting for it. I was amazed. And when it happened, my goodness. Whoo! Man, started to get hot. <laughs> and then there was the finale one of the best moments i've ever seen in any film had one of the best kills i've ever seen in any film in the history of existence when godzilla was able to take out that muto by shooting the atomic breath right down the thing's throat and ripping the thing's head off oh insanity pure skills fabulous so yeah I really like what they were able to do with the special effects. The color scheme, while muted, had like, you know, a very dark and depressing, melancholy, kind of scary tone to it. Some of the use of color in the cinematography was gorgeous. And again, that soundtrack, when it was on point, it was fabulous. However, the film does have some issues. The trailers led you to believe that there was going to be a little bit more not only action and Godzilla but also some more Brian Cranston in there because again Brian Cranston was riding that high from Breaking Bad and to see him in his first major notable film role for years we thought he was gonna kill it and he was killing it up until the point where his character ended up dying it was just like oh well what I thought in that scene he might still make it back to the States, but no, the guy died while it was in that helicopter trip, and I'm just like, oh, crap, man. We we lost, we essentially lost our best character. And while it was still cool to see Ken Watanabe, and I can't remember who what the name of his assistant was, in the end, their characters weren't nearly as engaging as we would have liked it again. Aaron Taylor-Johnson, besides Kick-Ass, everyone seems to say that he's a bit of a stale you know, actor, that his acting can come across as a bit wooden and he's not very engaging. And to a degree, I can understand that. The same can be said for Elizabeth Olsen. I think it might just be the material that they were given to work with because, again, the story, it has the elements of an interesting watch, but the problem was that it just wasn't executed very well. It Again, it had elements, but it just wasn't able to come up with an interesting story to grant the amount of time that the humans ended up being the, at the forefront of the story. And again... With a film called Godzilla, you expect to see more Godzilla than we got. And I think, I can't remember who it was. I think it might have been honest trailers that were able to clock in about, I think, what, 10 minutes of screen time for Godzilla in his overall film or 20 minutes? I can't remember. It was a very short amount of time. The guy was in his film less than everybody else was, which was quite troubling. Personally, I would have liked more Godzilla myself, but at the same time, I appreciated what the filmmakers were able to do. But again, this film just had a lot of story issues. And the way in which it cut away from the action on, like, you know, many occasions was a little frustrating. But one other thing to consider is 
for me, Godzilla also had the issue of being released one year after Pacific Rim. Now, I'm not saying that the film would have fared that much better had it come out beforehand, or if Pacific Rim had never come out at all, considering the way Godzilla had turned out. But if you think about it, Pacific Rim was a really cool original film that paid homage to the classic Japanese monster films and was very fun, action-packed and bombastic and very in your face with its content and the story and characters while not that strong it had a really cool concept with the kaiju, the Jaegers and the mythology along with some kick-ass action that made the film worth watching and plus the film was very self-aware and knew what it wanted to be and how it wanted to be presented and on the opposite end of the spectrum, we had Godzilla, a film that was not as colourful or as playful or as monster heavy as the film that preceded it. So yeah, like it was an uphill battle for Godzilla coming out after Pacific Rim, which was just such a surprising amount of fun when it showed up. And yeah, had it taken a few more different decisions with the story and had a lot more action and kept Brian Cranston around, I feel like it would have fared a lot better. So with Kong Skull Island, one of the things I liked about the film was that it was very self-aware. It knew what it wanted to be and it stuck with it. It was a film that was very heavy on the action, but also was able to give us a fairly simple and straightforward yet interesting story that had some, you know, pretty cool mythology and took a good few of the main staples of the you know King Kong mythology that we've seen in like you know countless films beforehand and was able to either update it or just remove it altogether and some of those elements like definitely work for the better I like the fact that we were you know we didn't have to end up going back to New York we were primarily set on the island we got all these sort of interesting nuggets about the island and its inhabitants whether they happen to be human or otherwise uh it was cool stuff to learn about john c Riley's character and how he was there since like you know was it the war and ended up being stuck on the island for how many years to the point where he was able to you know hang out with this tribe get to know what they do and then understand the way in which the monsters on the island work and how kong fits into all that there was just some really cool and nice mythology and also some nice ties to Godzilla and this sort of monster universe that they're trying to create because obviously there was the announcement a while ago that was going to have a King Kong versus Godzilla film and this film definitely starts to put those plans into motion with some of the verbal and visual references. Again, I'm not going to get into any of those sort of specifics. However, if you guys saw the... Uh, post credit scene in Kong Skull Island, you know exactly what's up. Well, you saw that, yeah, if you know your monster movie stuff, you know exactly what you saw, and it was pretty cool, yeah? I was pretty giddy. I was like, okay, what's this post credit going to be? And I'm like, ooh, yes. If you guys commit to that on screen, it will look gorgeous. So, yeah, like, there were some good references, and the action was pretty solid as well. Kong threw down and he got to do some pretty kick-ass stuff in the film. I liked how he was fairly mobile. He was able to throw his weight around and cause a lot of chaos, not only for the humans, but also for some of the other monsters. And speaking of the other monsters, I liked the creative design that they were able to create, you know, with the monsters via the VFX, but also the art direction. There were some very inventive monsters in this film and... 
the color palette was so vivid, so clear and distinct. And obviously, there's been all these uh, Apocalypse Now, like, you know, references, and quite rightly so. Clearly, they were, like, you know, referencing that and the 1970s time period as well, especially with the use of music and stuff like that, some of which was effective, some not so much, but again, visually, the film was great. The action was really solid, especially towards the end. And I also liked how some of the human characters had their moments to shine, especially when it came to Tom Hiddleston, Samuel Jackson, and John C. Riley. Again, John C. Riley being really fun, really funny, I and him having like, like the most engaging character arc out of all of the people in the film. It was really, it was actually surprisingly touching. Not like you know to the point where I'm like, oh my gosh, I feel it right in the depths of my soul, but he had a really good arc in the film and by the end of it I was like wow this guy didn't piss me off as nearly as much as I thought he would he was he was great and once again what I appreciated about Kong Skull Island overall was that the filmmakers were very aware of the response to Godzilla in terms of like some of the negatives and they were able to like you know sort of course correct that with Kong Skull Island the film while it has a story definitely it feels a little bit more lighter a little bit more fun in its approach and a little bit more classic in terms of its style of filmmaking when it comes to you know monster movies it's very action heavy there's not that much mystery or like you know set up towards these monsters everything sort of comes at you beat for beat sometimes to a you know partly you know formulaic kind of way but overall again the film knows what it was and it executed fairly well However, the film is far from perfect and there were certain issues that me and a good few other people online seem to take against Kong Skull Island. So when it comes to the cons, firstly there is the story. The story, while interesting, doesn't do much to, um, you know, overly engage. It does just about enough to be interesting, but not enough to be anything more than just a monster movie and while some people are just okay with like you know the story and a monster movie being light a good few people would have wanted something a little bit more substantial also when it comes to the characters i think the human characters most people agreed were the weakest element of the film most of them were all fairly one-dimensional stereotypical archetypes of people that you've seen in these kind of films before whether it be you know monster movies or just uh disaster movies you have a tough one one that's a pacifist some that make jokes some that are just disposable people some that have family at home that you know are probably going to die because they keep going on about them so much yeah the characters were just you know fairly flat and i think were it not for the fact that they were played by you know really well respected actors they wouldn't have been as liked because you have people like Tom Hiddleston, John Goodman, Samuel Jackson, Toby Kebbell, Brie Larson and John C. Riley all in these roles and they are pretty darn good actors however I feel like the material that they were given just didn't give them like you know is it much to work with so in the end they were just you know fairly basic uh, you know characters and they had to do the best of what they had with the source material and for me Tom Hiddleston, John C. Riley, John Goodman and Samuel Jackson all fared fairly well but everybody else was sort of just far too basic or just okay to you know for anybody to care about so when it comes to like some of these characters being picked off they, 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 they there was no reason to care about them that's what I'm trying to get at here because uh, the film just didn't do a very good job at like you know creating much depth 
or like you know just much for these characters to do so when they got picked off it was just like eh, you know you're disposable also with the action in Kong Skull Island while it was good especially towards the final like you know third of the film I feel like there wasn't anything overly substantial about about the way in which the the fight sequences were you know done some of it was cool but a lot of the shots in the film like you know some of these money shots were you know seen in some of the trailers already so it took away some of the you know wow factor when you saw it in the cinema plus while it's not a universally liked film the 2005 version of King Kong I feel did the fight sequences better anyone that watched the 2005 film may like you know was a complaint about the length of the film and how there's like you know a big old lull in the middle section before like you know the final sequence where Kong ultimately dies on that skyscraper but the main thing that everybody loves about the 2005 Kong film was the fight against the dinosaurs. I remember seeing that in the cinema in 2005 and thought it was the coolest thing ever. King Kong going up against bloody T-Rexes and the way in which he finishes those guys is the coolest thing ever. The way in which he breaks that one's jaw and rips the tongue out of the other one, I'm like, wow. That Kong was a force to be reckoned with. He didn't play about and those action sequences were crafted masterfully. In this film, the action sequences, while good, just don't have that same sort of level of impact. There's just nothing overly amazingly wow about it, you know? There's nothing that makes you go, whoa! I mean, I'm not sure anybody would actually do that in the cinema, but the point is that the action, while good, there was nothing unique or stylistic about it that made it like you know pop and one of the other issues that i had with kong skull island and this is probably more of a personal issue for me more so than anything else kong skull island just didn't have a a fear factor or a scary factor to it kong is a big monster he's a big old ape and I feel like the film didn't do much to go about and present the sort of scary nature of it. I feel like because the tone tended to shift between being serious and funny, it sort of lacked a uh, a sense of dread that so- these sort of situations needed. Because, you know, you, you got these characters on an island where they could be taken out by numerous different monsters at any given time, and then you also have Kong involved this should be a scarier situation i feel like they didn't capitalize on the fear factor in terms of you know the story and the mystery and some of that other stuff so now it comes down to the ultimate like question which one was better kong skull island or godzilla 2014 and i feel like to a degree if you've listened to what i've just said then i think you already know the answer but let's just like you know try to hash this thing out I feel like Kong Skull Island, what it did well was able to, you know, tap into the classic monster movie feel and tone by allowing you to have, like, you know, moments of seriousness, but also moments of humor as well. You're able to have the human characters be part of the story, but not at the forefront. And you allowed the monsters to have plenty of screen time to not only battle each other, but also, you know, cause chaos for the humans. Loads of people dying left, right, and center, depending on, like, how attached to some of these characters you were or were not. You know, some of their deaths would have significance, some of them wouldn't. The heavy focus on action was very welcome. The use of color and the cinematography was great. And when Kong was on screen, he kicked a lot of ass. 
and most of the actors involved had enough time to flex their muscles and had like you know was it you know memorable moments on the other end of the spectrum you have Godzilla which I feel what it was able to do well was create a film that was clearly a monster film but also try to tap into the more serious and darker slash melancholy side of things that came with the original 1954 film it had a great sense of dread fear tension mystery and suspense it able it was able to you know create this interesting mythology with its characters brought Godzilla right back into you know the western world in a really cool way had some really great monster movie action when it was on screen had a fantastic soundtrack the cinematography was gorgeous and it did well just to reintroduce Godzilla to you know audiences that were either not familiar with him or you know people that were burned on the 98 version they gave you a more accurate version to the original Japanese version. Now when comparing the two films I felt like Kong did a better job at being a film that audiences wanted in terms of the action and you know the story and the characters whereas Godzilla I feel what that film did better than Kong Skull Island was with that fear factor with the tension and the sense of scale was fantastic in Godzilla when you saw these monsters towering over all these humans and fighting in between these buildings you felt like they were huge one thing I feel like Kong Skull Island sort of missed the mark on was the sense of scale don't get me wrong there were certain angles where they were able to paint these wonderful visual images of like these monsters that were super huge but they just didn't have that same sense of scale and I also feel like the CGI in Kong Skull Island while good had some inconsistencies in there while the the quality of the visual effects in Godzilla I think were pretty inconsistent throughout and the soundtrack even though I love Henry Jackman and what he was able to bring to Kong Skull Island it did not compare to Des Platt's like you know was it really fantastic work in Godzilla while not memorable that much outside of the film when the f music was on point in Godzilla it was f fabulous um, the cast in Kong Skull Island I think fare a little bit better just because they had better material to work with even though their characters were still sort of one dimensional but I also feel like Godzilla just attempted to tell a story that was a little bit more serious and had a little bit more weight and tried to be a little bit more than just a monster movie so yeah it's kind of tough um, ultimately I feel like I have to give it to Godzilla while the characters and the overall story involving the humans isn't that satisfying and the monster movie action is definitely much lesser than what we got in Kong Skull Island I feel like Godzilla just wins because it had a great setup to what came towards the end of the film. I feel like the story is more intriguing overall. The setup with Brian Cranston and all that stuff in the beginning was really good. And again, the visual side of things in Godzilla is just fantastic. The way in which that film looks and feels and delivers on that monster action and the final third of the, you know, the final like, you know, 30 minutes of the film is just fantastic. 
some people may call me like you know Godzilla apologist and to a degree I feel like I am in the same camp that the fans of Suicide Squad would be would have been in in 2016 there are a lot of people that love that film despite its flaws and I feel like I am the same way with Godzilla but at the same time Godzilla just has again this tone story engaging like uh mythology and visual effects and sound design and film score that's just far exceeds anything that Kong Skull Island was able to do. Kong Skull Island definitely had the action but just didn't have that same sense of mystery, dread and atmosphere that makes these monster movies just more than just your standard monster movies. Now I feel like I'm definitely going to get a lot of hate for my opinion on this but I just had to tell it how it was. Uh, Kong Skull Island I thought was good but it didn't blow my socks off whereas Godzilla despite its issues definitely had a more impactful result on me once I'd finished seeing it I saw that film in the cinema multiple times and Kong Skull Island I only saw it once and I don't feel that compelled to go back and see it again but I am interested to see how these characters will mesh together once the uh, clash happens in 2020 so yeah that's my thoughts on Kong Skull Island and Godzilla 2014. If you have any opinions on this discussion, please be sure to drop them in the comment section below. I welcome any positive or negative feedback you have. Um, if you want to contact me directly, holler at me on the Twitter where I am, at Hypersonic55 or at FilmFocus55, or holler at me on the email where I am, thehypersonic 55 at gmail.com. Also check out my blog hypersonic55.wordpress.com where I write a whole lot of film reviews and some other random stuff on there if you are interested. And also check us out on iTunes as well. Film Focus would love to be a lot bigger than it is right now and we need your support. So all of you listeners, if we could spread it out, send it to your friends, give us some good feedback and some five-star ratings, that'd be great. Anyway... That will bring another episode of Film Focus to a close. Thank you for listening as always. And until the next time, this is the Hypersonic 55 signing out. Peace.